it's a complete uh, experiment, but I pitched it to my admin and, and enough for them to say, yep, go for it. And she just stared at me with this blank stare. And my sister says, do you know who that is? And I'm just like, what, what is going on here, right? What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. My name is Pete, coming to you from Vermont. With me is my friend and co-host, Todd, coming to you from Washington State, or as they say, the left coast. And we are psyched to bring to you tonight's prep-isode. <laughs> Beautiful. And by that, before we hit record, we were talking about what we're going to discuss tonight, and we're going to decide to use this episode, number 25, as our setup for episode number 26. So it's our pre-episode, and Todd just off the top of his head said, it's a prep-episode. Now that rest had ever heard that term before. What's going on, Todd? What's happening? My man, Peter Driscoll. How's it going? Man. I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out for my whole life. Yeah, right there all with is, you. All is well. Wait, did you ask me how I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, I, I'm at a stage in my year where things are just coming at me full full speed, and uh, I'm, I'm drinking water from the fire hose right now. So as I kind of get ready to make my way through this season of the, of the school year and of the year, um, just trying to do my best with time management and focusing my energy and, and attention on what I hope are the most essential aspects of my life right now. Kind of a deep answer. What about you? Yeah. Do you find that the, it's nearing the end of the school year? Is it not? 22 days remaining in the school year. And the tricky yeah. part is as a homeowner in Vermont and as a teacher, the, the snow melts and summer comes, there's a really quick turnaround. And at least for my property, there's a lot to do that you, there's a lot that you cannot do until the snow melts and the and the yard dries. So, in addition to kind of wrapping up the school year, the, the yard work ramps up, and I see. Uh, I've decided to take on a couple of endeavors that I haven't done outside of school with some passion projects that I have going on, training athletes, and I've, I'm launching an athlete training camp this summer, which I'm super psyched about, and I'm also partnering with a, a health organization out of Boston that is creating content for teens. And uh, I'm super excited about that, but it's just, it's got my, my mind and my brain spinning all for good stuff, but it's just a matter of managing it all and still trying to be a, a, a present and adequate <laughs> father and husband. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. You're right. That's a lot going on. You look at me like I'm crazy, but I got a lot of things going on and now you just, look at you. That's great. I always I mean, chuckle because for those that don't know, Todd is a software engineer for a little company called Microsoft. And when he got on, he said his brain was stirred because he, I don't know, he used a bunch of tech terms that I'll never be able to, to repronounce. I spent all day in the land of reproduce. <laughs> and I said, I said, were you in the metaverse? He said, no, in the cloud. That was, that was his way of um, kind of putting uh, it in lay terms for me. And so we decided that the clouds were very stormy today. Yes. There's thunderheads about us in the clouds. So Todd has been sharing all sorts of different knowledge and some really cool stuff via text with me over the last couple of weeks. Stuff that he's been learning. He's been reading and getting into the content of one Brene Brown and Kristen Neff. And I have not done a deep dive with either of those people's content, and I'm excited to learn what he's learning. 
Well, Todd, why don't you, can you really quickly explain to us kind of the, the general topic of some of the stuff that you're learning about through those, through those two human beings? Yeah, actually I've, uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I think I've, sh- I've shared, I definitely have shared on this podcast before about uh, my inability to um, connect with my own emotions a lot of times, especially deep ones that are in the past. And so um, I have spent, oh, I don't know, a couple of years where people, I've been, I've been on the search of self-compassion or just compassion overall. And especially with these conversations that you and I have had about empathy and compassion, um, it's it's one of those things that kind of eludes me. Like when I shine a, a light over in that corner, I can see, I know, I can see it dip, dip away, but I'm like, you, I'm going to catch you at some point. And so I've made a concerted effort to uh, go a little bit deeper um, with Brene Brown and Kristen Neff. I've I read um, books by Kristen Neff and Brene Brown before, but she has a newer one um, that's Brene Brown does. It's a it's called Dare to Lead. Actually, is what it's called. A lot of her research has been around um, and lived experience has been around um, just empathy and compassion, self-compassion, and how it underlies kind of everything that we do and everything that we are. But then how do you apply that to like a corporate setting or managerial um, context and things like that? So that's uh, what I've been diving into most recently. So as a teacher of high schoolers, I often, when I see a podcast that has to do with organizational or um, you know leadership of giant teams, that's normally something I don't click on just because it, it doesn't doesn't have the the staying power with me that mm-hmm. a, like a lot of like the self st- stuff does like what can I do for myself or be a better version of myself so I can you know be more present for others or even leadership stuff is is something that I'm interested in but when it comes to like giant organizations not as much but I think what's interesting about those those people that you're talking about Kristen and Brene is that regardless of what what the focus of the content is, it's all stuff that we can learn and grow from. That's kind of where we wanted to start the conversation for for this episode, the prep episode. And when Todd was talking about this stuff, immediately what jumped to my mind was a year and a half ago when I strained my abdomen uh, really badly and I wasn't able to be physically active, I it didn't take long for me to recognize that my entire kind of life was built around this this fitness thing. It was the center of my professional world. It was the center of my personal goals. It was the center of how I connected with people. We always had friends over, come over for workouts. Um, people would often, you know, people often approach me with questions about fitness related. And I realized, holy cow, like my entire world, all my eggs are kind of in this fitness basket and that might not be a great thing. And my mind went to a little bit of a dark place for a little while there. And I just kind of struggled with that. And I had a a conversation with my brother in July, about a half a year later. And I was talking to my brother and he was saying, had you ever heard about this book called Permission to Feel? And I said, no. And he was saying, you know, it sounds to me like you're going through some pretty intense stuff, but you don't want to share it with anybody because you feel that anyone that you'd share it with probably has bigger problems than you. I'm like, yep, that's exactly it. Like, I don't want to talk about my little abdomen injury to someone who has way bigger fish to fry than I do. And I just feel like it's kind of self-centered to do that. And he's saying, well, Okay. And two days later, this package arrived on my doorstep and in it was this book called Permission to Feel. It's written by a Yale professor by the name of Mark Brackett, PhD. And the name of the book is Permission to Feel, Unlocking the Power of Emotions to Help Ourselves Thrive. And basically, the premise of the book is that we all have stuff, or what I say to my students, a mess that we're trying to kind of sort through in life. And the main message of the book is 
If we can learn to identify, express, and harness our feelings, even the most challenging ones, we can use those emotions to help us create positive, satisfying lives. And basically what this guy is saying is that we don't often even give ourselves permission to take the time or the energy to kind of get in touch with what it is that we're feeling. And oftentimes, if you were to ask someone to describe describe to you how it is that they're feeling, they might not even have the ability to even like recognize what it is that they're feeling. And he's saying that like in order to be our best selves or our thrive, we need to be able to recognize what it is that it, that we're experiencing or that we're feeling. And if we can't recognize that, that's a major issue because we can't move forward with it. Hmm. So then he has this these skills that he calls ruler, R-U-L-E-R. The first R being recognizing emotion and then understanding emotion and then labeling emotion and then expressing emotion and then regulating emotion. And he's basically saying that if we want to do these things, be these things, experience these things, achieve these things, we have to be in, t- in touch or in tune with what we're feeling. And it sounds so kind of like cheesy to say like, oh, I need to be in touch with how I'm feeling. But that, mm-hmm. like, that is kind of you know what, what the essence of being a productive or best version of ourself human being there is. And so for, for me to hear you say that you're, you have a hard time being in touch with that, uh, I immediately thought of, oh my gosh, this book is, is really, really helpful for that. So an example that I use and that I've used in the past is if I enter a space and I'm all bent out of shape and angry, that could be a litany of things. Am I really angry or am I disappointed because maybe somebody did something to hurt my feelings? So I might not be angry. I might be feeling betrayed or I might feel disappointed or I might feel let down or I might feel that someone was disloyal to me. And if I can, and yes, I'm angry, but can I get underneath that to recognize what it is that that emotion kind of triggered that anger and to kind of go from there? What do you think, Todd? I think a lot of things, Peter. And I know I say I think a lot. <laughs> That's why I asked you to be I, my partner on this podcast journey. Oh, thanks. When I, listen nice to the, when I listen to the podcast, I say I think um, so many times. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to try to curb that a bit. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I have a rule in my class that if someone says, what do you think? There is no wrong answer. So as long as you preface what you're saying by I think, you can't be wrong. Wow. That's giving me permission to feel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two things. Three, talk. I got. I got some things. I never pass up a, a, a book suggestion, so I just put that one in my library. Most interesting about Mark Brackett here that I saw right off the bat is he's the director at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And when yep. you're talking about um, that feeling of dis ease, when you talk about oh, we talk about our feelings, blah blah blah. I, why, while I can understand that, I think that it's so interesting how I never learned that at school. It wasn't even something that people taught. Like, oh, here's how are you feeling? What, how does that make you feel? Maybe we should look at these feelings a little bit more. It was always even something- just the fact that I'm too scared to say, like, just say how are you feeling, like, without saying, well, this sounds cheesy. Like, I have to like preface it with that because mm-hmm. that's kind of like where our culture is, and I'm even, you know. Yeah. A victim is, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's even more interesting as you peel away the layers because where did that come from, right? Like all these things that we, we talk about always tie in. Machismo but, you know, culture. That comes yeah. from your culture. That comes from, you know, who knows, you know, your parents, like the, all the things that make up who you are all, all play into that. And so I think in a lot of ways, my complications with, with understanding where those feelings are or why I don't feel them are in a lot of ways exactly the same. So 
for example, you know, we don't really talk about feelings in, you know, my house where I was raised. And so I've just learned to shun those off or swallow those down or get rid of them. And now when something happens and I flip my wig for no apparent reason and through the other tools that I have, now I can sit with it and think, I wonder why that happened. But I, I would have never had to do that. So I had to go back and learn these tools in order to even be where I am. And I'm way far off of where I think I could be my best at. And so I, I just, it's it's interesting, especially having a school teacher, why are those things not part of the curriculum or are they? And, and they're just so hard to approach. Yeah. Or they just left for kindergarten oh, well, teachers. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean? want to be. I want to be really careful with what I say here because yeah. I don't want to disrespect the effort and energy yeah, no. that amazing educators are putting into mm-hmm. their into their communities. But you know, I'm just saying, as read, a, like I, as a culture by and large, like I think we. Yeah, that. I'm not pointing yeah, fingers so, at the so teachers. This, this is where my my mind is at. Since the the advent or the the popularity of the iPhone, I think this is just the the statistics said in this this thing that I learned about was in 2012 was at the the point where more than 50% of high school students had smartphones with them and so these these statistics that I read were kind of starting around that time around 2012 so so a decade ago was when the level of anxiety and depression and all these things the reports of these started to increase and the number of like in-person incidents started to decrease. So basically the studies were showing that high school kids weren't going out in the woods and partying as much or getting in fights or shoplifting or the things that high school kids once did on a fairly regular basis. Now they're at home all weekend on their phone in social media and doing these things. So what's happened is the incidence of like physical issues have, have dropped, but the the amount of um, anxiety and, and mental health related things. And then we, that, then you can talk about like self-harm and, and those types of things um, kind of on the rise. So as a school teacher, I'm, I'm wondering at what point are we going to continue to prioritize certain subjects, reading, writing, and math over the, the mental health of the population of kids in our country? Like at what point is, is the, depression and the anxiety is going to be such an issue that it's that taking a class about that is going to be more important than say algebra or geometry or something like that and again i don't want to disrespect any of the algebra and geometry teachers that i know but i'm just wondering like where the need is and how we can meet that need and it's really hard for me to go into school every day and see the vast amount i'm not talking about like a couple kids here and there like the vast amount of kids that share with me that they're depressed and depressed and anxious and the fact that all of the the mental health clinicians in my school are are tapped. There's just they're they're booked right through the day. Like it's hard to even get in to see them. And um and and when is that shift going to be made? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, like, I I I don't know. I'm kind of changing my tune. That I think school the, the sole focus of school should be our our mental and physical health. Obviously, I have a bias because this is the stuff that I'm reading about. This is the stuff that I'm learning about. I'm not in the math journals and the science journals learning about how important it is to teach math and science. I'm in the the journals about mental health hmm. and physical health and how important that is. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's the old saying that if you don't make time for mental and physical health now, you're going to be forced to find time for it down the road. Yeah. It will not let you go. It's interesting yeah. you say that there's a, um, I mean, the whole reason I got started in this CrossFit at school thing was because I didn't have that experience that I felt like I could bring kids who were struggling or, I mean, it's, it's, it's evolved now into athletes too. Those are already functional as athletes, but the intent was find the kids that, that I saw were feeling in the way that I felt and then approach them with something that, that I found that's worked. 
but more interesting now that you've said those things is I think there's, I think that they already know that there's a need. I just think that they're not, I don't like to say that. I, I think that we as a culture already understand that there is a, a, a huge gap here, but I think there's a lot of different things that influence what schools, what people within schools, what, you know, all the people that affect the curriculum at the school are able to do in the way that they're judged by the community that ultimately pays their bills, right? So I think that that's the problem. We have to get, we have to get around that problem first before, because what happens if a teacher like you, right? Then it'll be a teacher like you. What happens if, and you've probably seen this, there's teachers at the school who see these systemic problems of mental health. They try to do something about it on their own time. And they probably do that for four or five months, burn out, get smacked around and go back to <laughs> just being a teacher with a chip on their yeah. shoulder. I think too, there's a piece of uh, objective measure that needs to be had in schools thrive on those objective measures. So at the end of a math class or a math course, whether whether the objective measure is, a, 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 is an accurate reflection of my learning, we can have that. That's a whole different conversation. But there is some sort of measure. An 86 in our culture means something. An A or an A minus means something. How do you how do you directly measure the impact or the efficacy of mm -hmm. a mental health program? How, how many kids don't end up in treatment centers. How many kids don't ah, right. end up dropping out? Like, how, how do you how do What's you objectively measure that yeah. that the that the dollar is worth the investment? Whereas yeah. it's easy to say, well, you know, we have this math program, and X amount of kids are getting into college, so this is obviously working. So, um, yeah, and and I don't I don't want to be mistaken. I'm not saying we need to abandon the academic piece in any way, shape, or form. No. But I think the academic piece will optimize if the mental health of these students is if that need is met. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I just, yeah, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to complain about something if you don't know where, if you don't have a solution or at least a different, a different way to do it. And I don't know what that is, but I definitely know there's gaps in what we do now, but I don't, yeah. if, I, if I look back to like what my parents learned and you know, what their parents learned at school, I think it's always been missing, right? We just, either you don't talk about that or that usually it's, I had this teacher that was very impactful because they had that conversation with me because they allowed a space for that to go down. So, yeah. yeah. You know, and then there's the other conversation and, you know, again, I want to be really respectful and, and sensitive and, and graceful to the people that are in this world, but too, but, you know, if a kid tells me I'm anxious or I'm depressed, you know, to what, to what level is that? Is that what some people coin as well? That's normal, you know, middle mm -hmm. school or high school emotions that you have to work through to, you know, it's called life kid, figure it sure. out, buck yeah. up and figure it out. Like, so, so where does that play in as well? You know, so like, um, you know, I think perception is reality. So someone sees themselves as depressed or anxious, they probably are. But, um, you know, there's there's that side as well. So there's, yeah. you know, a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I'm not sitting here saying that I have the answer. I am saying that we need to take a hard look at how physical and mental health is addressed in not only our schools, but our entire culture and make that a priority. Yep. I agree. I concur. Well put. <laughs> Where does that leave us for this conversation? I mean, it leaves us with a lot of things. I mean, there's, yeah, like, I, I think there's a lot of overlap between what we started out talking about and that, like, knowing how to navigate, first is knowing how to feel like, like you went through those steps, right? But it's, it's knowing how to understand what those feelings are, they're driving that, and then being able to either self-soothe with, with, you know, self-compassion, whatever it is, and, and then being able to move forward, you know, like I said, with those steps that, that you outline. And I think, the episode, not the pre-episode, will be more along the lines of tactical things like that we've experienced maybe or that we've learned in that way and how maybe we can help other people shine a light on that. And I think you've shared that one of your topics for the, the, that episode will be self-compassion yeah, and how we manage and navigate 
different um, aspects of self-compassion. Yeah, or don't. And when I right or don't. Yeah, <laughs> and when I hear the term self-compassion, I think about this book, Permission to Feel, and I think that being the first step. And that's kind of how we got in the conversation about schools, I guess, is like, what is the first step? And it's, you know, what if every human being was completely in touch with being able to identify and recognize what it is they're feeling? Because, you know, it's that awareness, intention, action, right? Mm -hmm. And without that awareness, we, we don't have a foundation to build anything else on. Yeah. So how can we start to create the awareness of what it is that we're feeling and how we can utilize that to you know navigate our self-compassion yeah and in a real way right not not going back to my phone to look for how are the people are feeling about the thing i just put out there because <laughs> i think that's a lot do we get do we get tied in that too but yeah it's gonna be a great going, episode. going to the metaverse to feel better oh maybe or to hide depends on how you look at it but maybe to feel better <laughs> while you hide i don't really know yeah there's so many things in there yeah it scares the hell out of me self-compassion like it's just hard to think about patting yourself on the back and saying, it's okay. You did your yeah. best. Like that just doesn't seem like something that jives with my lived experience. <laughs> no, just, yeah. Um, yeah. So when it, when it came to that, the book, uh, permission to feel, I think, you know, one thing that was, that was helpful or impactful for me was, uh, he talked something to the effect of when he first learned that some of the feelings that he was, or the emotions that he was experiencing, when he learned that they were actually temporary and it wasn't wrong to feel scared, to feel isolated, to feel angry, not only that, but that he could do something about it. And that's kind of the, the next yeah. step is right. Is like, how, how do we do something about this stuff once we, once we kind of recognize it? And um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I wish I, wish I could sit here and say that I had a perfect <laughs> tactical list of the top 10 things you could and should do when you're feeling this way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested and excited to see what you share, given what you've been learning over the last couple of weeks about um, the stuff that you've been reading. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's a lot there, but um, yeah, I'll scribble it down and we'll have a conversation. That's for sure. Awesome. Um, so off the cuff here. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a question for you. Ooh, I like these. When it comes to permission to feel. It's question time and with Peter. Since the, the name of our podcast and the focus of our podcast is indeed schooling struggle and um, trying to navigate our struggle to be the best versions of ourselves. What is, if I were to ask you right now, Todd Ellis, what's something you're struggling with? What would be the first thing that would kind of pop into mind that you'd be willing to share? And then I would ask you to elaborate on that by thinking about what is that emotion that's being elicited and are you able to describe that? Yeah, that's a good, your questions. I swear. It's like you just have like this cauldron of question fodder in your head and it's just like, ding, ding, ding. so if I heard you correctly, what's something I'm currently struggling with and which emotions come out of that? Or wrapped up in that? Yeah. Are you able to identify the emotions that are wrapped up in that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to go backwards on this one. So there was a question. <laughs> Yo, rewind it, Pete. <laughs> oh, man. So many of the kids listening to this have no idea what um, rewind actually means. They have no idea. <laughs> there was a question I think John C. asked, and I passed on it. I don't yes. remember what the question was. What was the question? A time that you let someone down or upset somebody. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. Yeah. That's all in. That's all in this package. You're going to get that. You thought this wasn't going to be an interesting one. So the, yeah, the struggle. Yesterday was Mother's Day, correct? Sunday, May. 8th. Correct. My mother's health has been failing for well, at an at a increasing rate over the last I don't know three three to five years. We don't have. Can a I ask? Yep. 
Is, is it physical or mental or both? It's both. Okay. Uh, more mental. The mental is more profound, like right up in your face. And I don't know how to approach it, so I'm just going to go for it. Maybe 10 years ago, when me and my mother finally started getting back to speaking terms, I asked her to write down like what the most interesting parts or the most challenging parts or what she thought she could share in writing with me that I could use to be a better human or a better parent or better whatever that whatever she felt like the gaps were that we both shared what could she fill in those gaps with writing me something that that would that I could take from draw from and kind of use she never wrote this letter and she's never going to write this letter well she never wrote it that I know of and if she did I'll be very surprised but since then I and I re, I reminded her a few times like hey don't forget about the letter I asked you for oh yeah yeah you know just in passing because we don't see each other very often and they came by the other day out of nowhere. They probably live two and a half hours from my house. And they were visiting my sister or something and they stopped by in the middle of the day. And my dad now has to take care of his wife and and ferry her around and make sure that she's not getting lost or falling out of bed or like all these different things, right? And so that in, of, in and of itself is something I struggle with. Like a, a very active and strong father figure is now in some ways chained to his wife to have to take care of her and her fa- her failing health. And so that's hard for me to watch. Secondly is it's it's hard it, I don't even know if it's secondly. It's it's hard for me to watch her fall apart to the point where she's sitting on the couch and she doesn't even know where she is and there's conversation going on around her that she used to be in the center of and she's still in the middle of it but she has no idea what's going on. And so that's also difficult. And then you overlay all of these weird things we've been talking about about um, you know, you, your culture, where do you get these things from? Where do you, you know, where do you glean all these ways you act? Where do these things come from? And then you begin to realize it's from those two people sitting on your couch. So I called her yesterday on Mother's Day and I said, you know, my sister was there doing something. They're, she got them an instant pot or something and they're making pork roast and making pies and stuff. And I've FaceTimed my mom. And I'm like, you know, expecting her to answer. I don't know why. And my sister answers the phone and you could hear in the background, she's like, oh, come on, mom. It's, you know, somebody wants to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon my mom's face gets on the phone and she, I look, we look a lot alike, but now the person I see in her, no, now what I see of her is just a hollow shell of somebody who I used to know. And so I said, oh, happy mother's day. And she just stared at me with this blank stare. And my sister says, do you know who that is? And I'm just like, what the? what is going on here? Right. And then she has to lift up her chin so she can look in the phone. And I'm just like, what is this world coming to? So like, that's what I'm struggling with the most right now. It's, is like coming to grips with the fact, I just was talking to my wife last night about it, about, you know, how much longer do you really think my mom is going to live? And like, what will that quality of life be like? And it's just, it's just, it boggles my mind because I have, I've lost so much time in the middle of that. And now here we are like, Someday soon, I will get the call, you know, your mom's in the hospital and it won't be long after that, that I'm putting my mom in the ground. And so it's like, how do you come to grips with that? It's it's just bizarre. And so those are the emotions that I'm dealing with. But to go back to the John C story, that's one of the most, in my opinion, in my lived experience, I would say that's probably one of the most hurtful things to, to both parties. Like how terrible it must feel to have a child that discounts you or you know doesn't connect or or whatever it is and on my side it's the same thing but now i'm having to watch it unfold in a way that i have no control over so it's like i don't know i get emotional but that's that's the hardest thing i'm struggling with so yeah it's gonna happen
Thanks for asking. Thank <laughs> School of Struggle, th real tap. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah that is. Thank it's you for sharing suck. that. <laughs> it's interesting. I was having a conversation with one of my students today, and they're asking me about the podcast, and I was saying that I think oftentimes when you hear people's stories, they're on the other end of it. They've they've overcome the thing, regardless of what that thing is, addiction, obesity, this challenge or whatever. And, and when they're willing to kind of come on and share, it's because the thing is kind of behind them, so to speak. And I said, I think it'd be really cool to have a podcast where people, and this is not my idea, this is yours, Todd, BYOS, bring your own struggle, and actually talk to people that are still in the thick of it, that are right in the thick of that thing, the addiction, the, the weight loss, the 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 relationship struggle, whatever that is. And lo and behold, we get on tonight and here you are in the middle of this thing right now and sharing openly about that. And uh, that's raw. That's raw. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so one of my faults as a human is that I don't listen enough and that I talk too much. And along with that fault is my always striving to be the solution guy. And sometimes it comes back to nip me in the butt in many ways. And I'm curious, and this is this is not in any way suggesting anything to you, but I'm curious if you were to sit down and write a letter to her, would that be helpful for you at all? I mean, maybe just for my own therapy. Like she yeah. would never read it. So, I mean, maybe. Do you think that someone would read it to her? And she wouldn't understand it. So, I mean, yeah. maybe. I mean, that's an yeah. assumption on my part, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I was just curious. It's, no, it's good to entertain. It's a, I mean, it's a good point of therapy, right? Like, I know that there's a lot that goes on in unloading those kind of feelings in writing or in a way that's cathartic, right? Yep. Yep. I don't know. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> What's your struggle and emotions? I want to eat a carrot so bad, but it's going to be so crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think that I'm going to share that right now because I think yours is just so powerful that for me to go behind that, I don't think would be. Um, I don't know. I just. I just don't feel like the timing on what I'd have to share Fair. is great because it's it pales in comparison to what you're dealing with, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to seem like my struggle is. <laughs> That's as how we big started. This. That's how we started this conversation. <laughs> exactly why this book ended up at my house. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, 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 exactly why. Do you read that book often or you just read it once and you're like, there's some things in there? Uh, oftentimes I read a book and then I pass it on mm -hmm. and I say to the person, pass it on. I don't, you don't need to give it back to me, but there's certain books that I read and then I'll just keep. And this is a keeper for me. I'll, I'll refer to this and I'll read this. I'm sculpting a new class, which is my attempt to address the school stuff that you and I just talked about. A class called Better Than Yesterday, where we, uh, I have a group of kids and we talk about all those things. And, I, and I'm not a mental health clinician and I'm not a school certified school counselor, but I have learned some pretty cool stuff in the last half decade about the the power of what sleep does and with the power of what positive relationships does and the power of what high quality nutrition does the power of a you know a strong mindset and in these types of things so i'm building a class and i was given permission for my administration to build this class called better than yesterday where we're just going to put into place the things that have helped me be a better version of myself over the last five years. And um, I'm going to try to share it with them. And I don't know if they're going to be ready for it, um, but I have 20 kids that are signed up to take it. 
and we're going to be doing cool stuff in the community to help to help other people out and see how that makes us feel. And we're going to make trips to the grocery store and walk around the outside perimeter and talk about everything we needed on that outside of that perimeter. And we're going to write thank you cards to people and we're going to do meditation practice and maybe even take naps during class. We're going to do creative projects where that ease our mind, like, you know, color by number, paint by number, all these different things that I think can can help high school students get through their day in their life. That's what I'm going to try to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. So um, I guess in a way I am trying to put my solution forward and to see if it makes any kind of indent or any kind of positive mark in the lives of these kids. And we'll see what happens. It's a complete uh, experiment, but I pitched it to my admin and, and enough for them to say, yep, go for it. Wow. Go forth and change the world, little Drisk. Yeah. God, that's yeah. the way you do it right there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I have I mean, no clue what my budget's going to be. I have no clue where the space is that we're going to be out of, but I can... I can tell you that I will give everything that I have that at the end of the semester, every kid in that class will say, Mr. D cares about me. Oh, and man. That's the most important thing. That's awesome. Good work. Oh, yeah, let me know when yeah. I can fly to Vermont for that class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You might have to do it regular. We may have to hook this up and have a regular conversation with T. Doe. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're on live with School and Struggle from the yeah. <laughs> better than yesterday. Mecca. Oh, man. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, who knows? It could completely flop or it could be the next big thing that I do in my life. I have no idea. I think it's got but, a lot of, uh, a lot of, yeah, it, it's funny. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. That's cool. I'm excited about it too. Let me know if I can help. I just like, there's certain things that don't work for me that seem to work for everybody else. And I want to talk my students through like, how do you start a thing like this? Like, so let me just give you one little example. <clears throat> the majority of people in our Western world have inadequate posture, have, have physical posture in their shoulders and their neck and their thoracic spine that is not uh, the best physiological setup for their body, right? And it's because we, we, we lack strength in areas that, that keep maintain our posture healthy and strong and good. So in order to do that, like we need to train that. So like we're going to do, and I haven't told the kids this, <laughs> we're going to start the first day of school. We're going to do like eight seconds of squeeze the shoulder blades back and down to get that good posture. And I want to see what kind of type of posture stamina we can build up over the course of the semester. Like by the end of the semester, can we hold that posture for like four minutes? I don't know. We're Is this why you were talking about metrics earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and uh, like for me, the deep breathing thing is just really, really hard. Like I don't, I've, I've tried it so many times and so many different facets. I've tried the box breathing and every, and nothing seems to work for me, but it's like, all right, if I take a group of kids and we're just going to start doing this for 10 seconds, we're going to build off that by the end of the semester. Where can we be? Man, that's cool. I don't know. Yeah. And like flexibility, like those types of things. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I don't, I'm not even involved. I just heard about it. I'm excited. <laughs> So yeah, so we'll we'll talk about a lot of the stuff that you and I talk about on this podcast. I mean, that's going to be the focus of it because every every one of these kids, just like every human being on the face of the earth, the only guarantee is they're going to struggle. It's like yeah. how how are we going to you know manage and embrace our struggle to to be better versions of ourselves? And I think permission to feel is a great place to start. Yeah. Awesome, I'm going to so, read it. <laughs> it's a a cool. episode for whatever Todd has to bring for us. So Todd is lead, no pressure, but Todd is leading next episode. Okay. Hey, on the real, I want to thank you for opening up and sharing that. Yeah. yeah, that was Thanks very for dragging very it into the light. It's one I don't often yeah. talk about. So, yeah, no, it's awesome. Cool. It's yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, we want to thank all our listeners so very much. We appreciate your ears. We thank you for your time, and we're grateful for your attention. With that said, School and Struggle Podcast, we are out. See ya.